What's up, everybody? Before we dive into today's episode, I have a quick thing I want to share with you. I think I mentioned it later in this episode, but I have started working with the Keto Road True Nutrition Coaching as a one-on-one holistic ketogenic nutrition coach. I can work with you to help put together your macros, how you should be eating, work with you on mindset, action planning. The program includes coaching calls, daily check-ins, and exclusive access. So if this is something you're interested in, go check it out at theketoroad.com. And now, on to the show. Hey there, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gormy, and I'm glad to have you with us once again. Today with me, I, I have a guy that I've just recently connected with on Instagram. Uh, a friend of mine shared uh, his his one of his transformation posts with me, and I, I was honestly blown away. And I'm sure once once we get into his story, you're going to find some inspiration as well. With us today, I have Tony Sanders. Tony, how are you doing today? Good. How are you this morning? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. You know, it's it's almost 60 here already, which, you know, is nice because it's it's been cold lately. So I'm just enjoying it. Seems like spring is finally coming through. So I'm ready for another good day ahead. And I'm glad we're we're finally getting to talk. And we're going to jump right to it, man, with that first question that I ask everyone. Tell us, Tony, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Well, uh, I've been I've been a heavy guy my entire life. Um, always, always played like, like most of us, um, you know, always had the, uh, the weight issues, always fell back on, on eating as a, as a crutch, um, you know, basically lived the lifestyle of the yo-yo syndrome, you know, up 50 pounds, you know, down 40 pounds, up 60 pounds, down 30 pounds, back and forth. Um, my story kind of, uh, evolved from, um, I was in uh, the uh, the automotive industry for 17 years and slowly but surely over those 17 years kind of gained 10, 12 pounds every year until until one day I didn't recognize myself anymore. Um, it got back to the point of um, I had lost most of who I was as a person in inside of food it was my it was my escape yeah and i'm sure that a lot of people listening will will feel the same way because you know we we eat for many reasons but mostly for our escape from our stresses from the real world from whatever it is that uh that we do so um i i literally one day um no longer could recognize myself i had a, a severe car accident i was in and uh it, uh, they wouldn't operate on me because of my health risk. That was, that was my first wake up call. So I, at that time I was 429 pounds, which is the heaviest I saw myself on a scale. I know I was bigger than that, but that was the heaviest I ever saw myself. So that was my first real wake up call, um, for me to decide to do something that was, uh, March of 2016. It still took me another 14 months after that to get really serious. Um, but that was the beginning. So I would say that's, that's what qualifies me to start off. Sure. And, and, and I think that, like you said, that's a common story. I think for a lot of people, like using food as a coping mechanism, as an escape, you know, from stress and from life and from everything we're dealing with. Where do you think 
that de mechanism develop for you? Like, was it something that you, you saw in other, you know, you learned, you know, in your family or just kind of came up? Like, are there other big people in your family or is, was it just you growing up? Well, it was just me. I, I'm a, I'm an only child. I was adopted. Um, great. Have phenomenal parents. Couldn't be any luckier in the world with who I ended up with. Um, really? So I, I've got, and I, you know, I'm not one of those guys that can sit here and say, you know, oh, he had a rough childhood. Ain't no, no. I, I'm truly was have been was very, very lucky as a child for who I had for parents. But food was always the central location for for everything that we did. Uh, came from a a large um, family from my mom's side. She was one of nine kids. Um, my my father always has had had a, a, an addiction when it came to food, um, you know. So he was he kind of had the yo yo, not to the extreme that I ever had, but it was for me. I think my coping mechanism to deal with stress. Um, I was never a very vocal person. I was never one to sit there and um, be confrontational. I ate my stress away. Um, so yeah, I think that's where really, it really ultimately came from. I didn't, I didn't have good, never learned good, uh, coping mechanisms to deal with stress until much, much later in life. Sure. And what, cause the industry you were in, you know, the automotive industry and, and that, like, that's a pretty physical industry. Like, what was that like for you as you were getting bigger and at that size? Well, when I first started off with it, um, you know, I had a young child. I uh, had my first, my son when I had just turned 20 years old. Um, and at that time, I was actually in really good shape. That was probably the, uh, up until now, that was the best shape of my life because uh, I had nothing to do but to work out and go to school and stuff like that until he was born. Once he was born, once he was born, I was in the automotive industry and I sold cars for a few years at first. But uh, the weight didn't become an issue until... Um, after about three years, I moved from sales to being a finance manager, to being a, a, uh, sales manager, to being a general manager. Once I did that and my hours increased from a 40 to 50 to 70, and I went from being active and, uh, you know, out there moving and stuff of that nature to being behind a desk. Um, it, that's when the weight started to really pack on. Uh, it, it went from, uh, you know, being an active somewhat lifestyle um, to working 70 hours a week, um, eating horribly and uh, just not moving anymore. I, I think that's a perfect storm that a lot of people go through and don't. It, it's not, you know, the the unique, you know, like the the, the random person that has that kind of evolution happen in their work and their life. And then they see weight issues come on. It's almost like those circumstances can enable that behavior and allow it to develop to the point that, like you said, you, 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 you wake up one day and you don't recognize yourself anymore. And so you, you said when, when that accident happened and, and you had the trouble with them trying to have surgery, you know, have surgery, do surgery. Um, it still took you 14 months to really kind of get yourself together. Like, what happened during that time? Like, what did it take for you to finally realize you needed to have to make that change? Well, it, and for a little bit of background on that, I'm, I'm a firm believer in, in uh, a lot of people with weight issues and things of that nature. We, we have addiction issues. We have an addictive personality, um, whether we're addicted to, you know, food 
or whatever it might be. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things where we we find something as a crutch and we we continue to use it. For me, um, I, I have that addictive personality. I and I don't you don't ever get rid of it. You don't. Th I don't think you have to trade one addiction for another. So for for me, you know, you had to trade, um, you know, the the food and the stress eating for the gym or whatever it might be. Um, my last few years um, in inside the the automotive industry. Well, I wouldn't say the last few. Probably the last year inside that, and then the fourteen months afterwards, um, I I had developed a major drinking issue. Um, so, uh, it was, it was to the point to where I was compounding everything. So not only you had the food, but you had the drinking and everything else. So basically I had the car accident, um, March of 2016. Um, they told me then, you know, we can't operate on you. We're not going to do that. And I had, that was a little bit of my aha moment. That was my full one. That was a little bit of my aha, like, okay, they literally won't operate on you because you are so heavy. So um, I decided at that point, well, you need to lose some weight. Well, I did. I, I basically stopped eating, but continued to go and spiral downwards into a pretty good depression, just drinking more and more and more and more. Um, so I was losing weight, but I was becoming more unhealthy, even losing weight than I was previously. Um, which led me to um, May 21st, 2017. Uh, I was at a wedding um, for my best friend, um, childhood friend growing up. Um, we, we were drinking, of course, at the reception afterwards, absolutely blackout drunk, um, acting a fool, uh, just completely and utterly embarrassed myself. I woke up on the 22nd. I I, that was just my epiphany. And I, I looked myself in the mirror. I said, you are a 40-year-old man and you've got to get your shit together. Um, and that was literally just it. That was, and so that was the last day that I had had a drink. And that was the day that I decided to essentially step foot back into the gym um, and, uh, and really try to figure out a way to, to trade uh, my addictions, my habits, my the things that were killing me for for a more positive uh, positive uh, way of life and to, to to change from more or less from the inside out because I I was just trying to change from the outside but I don't believe you can do any of that until you change from the inside. Oh, I agree hundred percent, and I, I think you're spot on where you talk about you know those of us that struggle with these addictive behaviors like having to find. You new focuses for the behavior because you're never going to completely eliminate those patterns. You're never going to completely eliminate kind of those those neuro, neurological pathways. But when you can find other things to fill it in, like you're talking about, you know, you, you started to focus on losing weight and it's almost like you're drinking ramped up, like that energy had to go somewhere. Like, and, and then you get to that place where the gym has become something, you know, that's a focus for you. And, and that's obvious. Like if anyone hasn't gone to Tony's Instagram yet. Um, after this show, I'm sure you will. And you're going to see, you know, the work that you're putting in for sure, man. Um, how? So, so May, May 2017, you know, you made that that focus, like, how did you get back into the gym? Like, what was that like for you starting out? And like, what, what helped you build that that passion back up? 
Well, what, what I did was, um, and through all this, and probably one of the biggest things to say is that I knew when, when I wasn't healthy, I knew that there was, there was no way that I could continue in the industry that I was in um, and get healthy. It, it was a lifestyle um, for me. Now, some people can do it, but it's, it's, it's an industry and it's a lifestyle that is not conducive to being healthy. Now, granted, there is exception for every rule. Um, so, so take that with a grain of salt. But for me, I wasn't going to be able to, to do that and still, uh, and still change my lifestyle. So I, I literally after, you know, 17, 18 years, just, uh, basically said, okay, enough is enough. We're going to start over and we're going to, we're going to do something different to where we can take control of our life. So, um, with that being said, I went ahead and made the decision that uh, that we were going to do. We have a um, uh, a small family-owned business, and it was going to give me the opportunity to get my my health right, um, spend time on it. So, what what I did was I I literally I, I treat I treat the gym and I treat meal prep and I treat my daily life as though this is a job because more days than not, unless you are just some special, special human being that can stay mo motivated and positive and on the grind with, without just treating it like a job, I have to know, okay, I'm going to train five days in a row, take one day off. These are times I'm going to train. This is what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to meal prep every Wednesday. I'm going to meal prep every Sunday. And this is my job. So I literally treat it like a, a, uh, like a job. That's the way that I stay on the grind. That's the way that I stay motivated and stay going. Because otherwise, I'll find myself back uh, where I was before. That makes a lot of sense. And, and I don't want to gloss over... Um... I, I, what I'm curious about just, you know, to, to de get into details for a minute, like how, how do you approach food? Like what, what, cause I, everyone wants to know, like this person follows this way of eating or this person does this, this type of eating, like what is your approach to food and like what really helped you make a change in terms of your relationship with using food as a coping mechanism? Well, I, first of all, I still love food. It's still right. an addiction. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. Mean, Understood. You know. Well, yeah, it, it it's never not going to be. I've just I've learned to mitigate it. Like, you, you know, I know that if I'm going to if I want and peanut butter is like my peanut butter and donuts are my two addictions that I can't get enough of. And I know I know that if I'm going to go ahead and eat this, this is going to cost me an extra 20 minutes on the uh, stair climber. So I'm ready to pay the price for when I do eat something and give into it. Um but as far as food goes, I, I had to change my mentality that it wasn't, uh, it was no longer for pleasure. It was for fuel. Um, and when I had to make up my mind, and there's been subtle changes throughout the past three years. At first, it was just about getting healthier. Um, it was about losing weight. It was about doing those things. And then slowly but surely, um, over the last year, and then really over since about September of last year, it's changed to... Um, you know, let's see how far we can really push this thing. Um, let's see, let's see where we can really take this, uh, physique wise 
and, and really create something. So my diet has changed according to what my what my goals have been. Um, so I, I eat um, I eat based upon my workouts more or less. Uh, a lot of carb cycling, um, you know, high protein, you know, five to seven meals a day uh, kind of thing. But I eat solely based upon fuel and and not about not about pleasure anymore. Now, don't get me wrong. I still have, I'll still grab that jar of peanut butter. I will still, um, go grab that donut when I want to. I just know that there is, there is a price to be paid for every time I do something like that. And I don't allow myself to, to eat or partake in one of those things without paying the price that goes along with it. That's where the job mentality gets in because so, so many times in the past we go, it's not going to hurt us to have that donut. You're right. As long as you do the work to pay for it, it's when you eat the donut and you decide I'm just going to go ahead and sit down and take a nap now. Definitely. And I think you hit on something that's really important for people to think about. Like, and, and I think scares people is that idea of, of moving food from a pleasure source to fuel. Like, I, I think that's a, that's a big mental shift that I remember when I, when I first started working with, you know, I was well into my journey, but I started working with a coach at one point. And he, and he said, when we were talking, like our, one of our initial discussions was, you know, what are your goals? And here's my goals for you. And he said, one of his goals for me was, I want you to stop seeing food as entertainment and get to see food as, as fuel for your body. And I laughed at him and I was like, okay, yeah, you know, that'll never change. That'll never be something that actually changes in me. And then I did get to that place. And so I'm wondering from your perspective, like, how did you, what do you think it really takes to make that shift from seeing food as the coping mechanism, as the best friend, as the thing that takes the pain away to fuel for your body? Um, you know, and, and this is going to come off harsh and people, people don't usually like the answers, you know, they, they ask me, how do you stay motivated? How do you do the diet? How do you do it? You've just got to make as as an individual, that decision that this is more important, that my end goal, whatever it is, whether it be healthier, whether it's a particular physique, um, whether you want to be a, 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 you know, do a, uh, an Iron Man or whatever it might be is your goal. That's got to be more important than the food in front of you. Um, so for everybody, it's different. For me, it was um, when I when I decided that I really truly wanted to push this. I knew that there's no way that I could go ahead and get to where I'm ultimately want to be without following the process. Now we all have it inside of us. We don't want to. But we all have the capability of controlling uh, our what we physically put in our body. It's not fun. There is no secret to it. There is no magic to it. You just have to do the damn work. Um, people don't like that. I mean, because it's a simple answer, but it's harsh and it's in your face and it's it's the truth. You have to look yourself in the mirror and say, I don't like what I see. I don't like who I am. I don't like how I feel. And you got to figure out the reason why you're eating that way. You got to figure out the reason why you're, you're using that as a, as a mechanism to, uh, to self-medicate because that's what food is. And for a lot of people, it's medication. 
you have to figure out inside you first what your what your issue is deal with that and then you can move on to the rest i think you're right man and i think you're right it's it's something that people don't want to hear because i think the idea that it could be so simple is scary because of how out of control they let things get you know for a lot of people and to for them to understand that stopping really is just about stopping yeah like i get that question like i you know i'm addicted to sweets like how do i stop eating how do i stop eating this or how do i stop doing that i'm like well you stop doing it like first stop doing it you know it's not going to be easy but that's it's simple you know stop doing it and then like you said the the i i think too like the longer you 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 build up that muscle of being able to stop you know and and realizing that you can make those choices and be in control then it even starts to get easier to figure out what's motivating you know what was motivating you before to make those bad choices and where was that coming from and what do you need to put in place to prevent yourself from falling down that road again like but really there's there there is no there, there's no wand to wave or pill to take or shake to drink that magically flips the switch like it's got to be something that you do for yourself absolutely and you know i people ask me well that that sounds simple no i've i've lived on your side of the coin trust me because it, i'm on a i say this on a good day i'm five seven um but you know in we we all listening here today know that uh what it's like to walk around um completely uncomfortable in your own shoes um, but you know, at five, seven, 430 pounds, I know what that's like. And I also know people say, well, you can't just give it up. I was a functioning alcoholic that literally woke up one day and said, that's the last drink I'm going to take. Now I, I believe in support groups. I believe in, uh, you know, AA, all those sorts of things, but I literally just woke up one day and I said, this is it. I will not drink again. I will not do this because this is an issue for me. So it can be done. It's not easy and it takes everything that you are. I mean, I literally quit the profession that I knew for 17 or 18 years. Um, I got out of a, a very bad, you know, and debilitating relationship because it was, it wasn't going to help me. And I changed everything that there was because I no longer wanted to be the person that I was. So it can be done. You just have to be willing to risk everything. Um, that you've known in the past to change who you are. But most of us, what are you really risking? Because at the point that we all were, um, you are such a health risk that, you know, who knows when you're going to have that heart attack? Who knows when you're going to have that stroke? Who knows what's, what's coming down the road? Because most of us are so morbid, we're so morbidly obese that we're just, uh, we have nothing to lose by changing. I think that's a great point. And I think, I think you're right. Like, and I think, like you said, like all of those different ways to go about, you know, whether it's drinking or food or whatever your addiction is, like there's a lot of different ways to go about stopping, but it, it boils down to the same thing. And like, you have to find the one that's going to work for you and not be afraid to keep looking if the one, if one tact doesn't work. Like, I think that's a key that I hear from a lot of guys like yourself and from other people that I've talked to, like, it's this willingness to keep, to stay in that fight. And to keep working towards it, even though, you know, there, there's different challenges that come up and different things along the way. Like, what do you think were the biggest challenges you faced as you as you got started losing weight and, and stopping drinking? Like, what were the big things that, that stood in your path? Um, probably fear, like everything else. Um, 
fear of the unknown, fear of change. We're how many of us can sit here and raise our hand and go, we're we're afraid to change jobs because of the unknown. We're afraid to get out of a bad relationship, whether it be a spouse or just a friend or whatever it might be, because of the unknown. We don't we don't like what's uncomfortable. So many of us will continue to stay in negative and self-harming situations because it's what we know. And we would rather we would rather live in in a bad situation that we already know what to expect on a daily basis, than to take the risk of moving out of that and to into the unknown, but can potentially get better. So, like like everybody else, I think that's what we all share as human beings. We we share a fear of, a fear of the unknown. Um, for me, when I finally decide, well, what what's the worst that can happen? You can fail and you know, you can, you're already pretty much at a rock bottom. What, what, what else do you want to do? Um, so let's see how many times we can fail and how many times we can get back up and we're going to find ways to make it work. So it, for me, it was just getting over the fear of the unknown. And, and I think it's pretty clear that you, you have done that, man. And, and like you're, like you said, you made some radical changes to your life, you know, your career, you know, you, you put this focus on on your health as really another career for you, which I, I think is really fantastic. And it's showing that the work is there is happening. Like you like you, you said, one of the things like you're working on now kind of is pushing to see where you can take your physique. You've made a radical physical change to your physique. Like, what do you think? You know, what what is my words aren't aren't coming great right now. What I'm trying to say is. So tell us, take us into that. Like, where did, where did that de desire come from? Like, when did you really realize you're like, wow, you know, I'm actually seeing change here and maybe, maybe I want to push this and see where I can take it to. Like, how did that develop for you? Well, for me, it kind of started to develop. Um, it, this is a perfect example of what we're doing today. Um, you and I here together. I, I want the opportunity to share with people that um, a, a platform in which I can share my story so that I can also maybe make a connection with people and understand that, that, that we can all change. We can all do this um, physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, it doesn't matter what level that we're looking for a change. might be all of them, um, but we can do this. So I, I started to finally figure out that um, obviously I like the change. I like the change personally, but it was the shock and awe factor of the before and after pictures. And the more radical the change was becoming, the more people would reach out and say, hey, um, you know, because of you, um, it gave me the first motivating factor to go to the gym. Or it gave me the first motivating factor to clean out my pantry, um, to try to start eating right. What it allowed me to do was I figured the more shock and awe, the more change I can make, the more opportunity I get to touch people because we live in such a way of social media, you know, nowadays that you have to have something that grabs people at first because they're not going to want to read your story. They're not going to want to listen to you. They're not going to want to do any of that kind of stuff until they see something with their eyes. Um, once they see that picture, it stops them for a hot second. Then they can read a little bit about the story and then they can actually go, yeah, okay, I get this. 
And if he can do it, I can do it. So for me, it was about seeing how far I can push this to enable people to know that if I can do this and I can do this at my age and I can do this at my physical limitations from my car accident and things of that nature, you can change in any way, shape or form that you want to physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever it is that you're looking for, it can be done. Well, I think that's a great message. And and I think, I mean, you're having that impact. Like I'm, I'm a guy, an older guy in his forties too. And I look at what you're doing and I'm like, wow, like that's freaking amazing. Like you give, you give, you know, kind of like that fire in me to, to see what I can do. Like what I'm, I'm curious, like what, what do, what do your workouts look like now, man? Like, what are you, what are you putting in? Like, are you, you know, what does an, an average day look like for you? Like, what is your program like now? Well, I, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm extremely lucky. I, I had decided essentially, and I have no reason to have thought this, but in September of last year, I decided by the end of 2021, I'm going to do a competition. I'm, I'm going to get for myself. This was my end goal that I'm going to get up on stage. I'm going to be able to put on that, that speedo and I'm going to do a bodybuilding competition. Um, so. And I said, that that's my end goal. I want to show people you can go from 430 pounds to, you know, essentially in it'll be mm, four and a half years, something like that. You can go from 430 pounds to being on stage with, you know, doing a, a bodybuilding competition. Um, and... and for me, it wasn't about I want to be a bodybuilder necessarily or whatever. I want to show people what you're capable of. And really, in a five-year period of time, that's not that long anymore. Uh, or at least it isn't to me because time seems to go by so fast. Um, but I, I was lucky enough that when I decided in September to get uh, to make that as a goal and, and be able to determine that I've got a phenomenal coach that lives here in town who is a, uh, who is a professional bodybuilder. His name's Keith Williams and his wife is also a professional Tina, um, two of the kindest, uh, best people you'll ever meet in your life. And he, uh, luckily took me under his wing. We had a lot of mutual friends and we created a bond quickly. Um, and, and he's, he's helping me progress, uh, uh, daily through that, but my kind of my day. So that, that's where I had to do, cause obviously I wasn't going to be able to, to make this change by myself. There's been so many good people along the way and so many kind people that have, that have reached out to me. I, you know, I just want to be able to pay it back, but, um, literally my day consists of, I get, I, I head out. Uh, about 6.45 in the morning to get my work done. Um, to start off with some of that, I have my first meal of the day uh, in the morning. Um, and my meals usually look a lot like this. They look six ounces of protein, half a cup of carbohydrates of some sort, whether it be jasmine rice, sweet potatoes, what have you, um, and then half a cup of green veggies. That's my meals four or five times a day. So um, I do all that. Then I have, uh, I have my work throughout the day. And then I block off every day from um, probably 2 until 4 p.m. is my workout time. Um, that's just I block it off. 
that's my time. Obviously, like we've talked about, there's an exception to every rule and sometimes emergencies, but that's what we do. We work out 2, two to 4 p.m., essentially, and, uh, and then start once I get done with him and our workouts, um, which we do five days in a row, we take one day off and then start the cycle all over again. Um, go back to work for a couple more hours after the workout and then go home and uh, continue to live a daily life. There you go, man. Like, it's clear that you've developed a passion, you know, for working out. Like, that's something that's that's really grown in you. Like, I, I'm curious, because I, I know you, you, you have that kind of blunt advice of, in terms of, like, helping someone you know, think about get started, like losing weight and, and, and working out and things along those lines. Like, I do you have any advice for someone to find their passion in, in the working out, like to really discover themselves in the gym? Yeah, find uh, find something that you're comfortable with. Because the very first thing is um, the gym can be a very overwhelming place. It can be a very um, – it, it brings fear to people because – Number one, you're going into some place that, you know, we're, we're really, for the most part, when you're starting out, we're unfit, unhealthy, um, we're self-conscious, um, you know, we don't, the last place that we really want to be probably next to it, is, besides a, a beach somewhere, um, you know, in a bathing suit, is, is, is in a gym, because we feel as though everybody is, uh, is looking at us when they're there just doing their work too. They're not there judging you. They're not there looking at you. They're not there worried about you. They're there to put in their work too. Um, but that's a whole nother story. Um, I would just tell people if you're going to, when you start off, find something you're comfortable with. Um, if you are comfortable with the treadmill or you're comfortable with doing an elliptical machine or you're comfortable doing some weights, whatever it is, find something you're comfortable with and start out like that so that you can start a routine and start a habit um you you got to create this as it's a habit um and if you go in there and you automatically go for a bunch of stuff that you're uncomfortable with and a bunch of stuff that you don't know um then you're gonna quit quickly so find something that you can do find something that that you can create a habit with and then of all things please do not feel like you can't reach out for help find somebody you know whether it be if you have the means to get a trainer phenomenal i would suggest to anybody at least do this for yourself if you do not have any background in weights or any background in working out or whatever save the money hire a trainer at least for three four five times so that they can put you through some different workouts help you learn about it and that therefore you're more confident in what you're doing in the gym on a daily basis. I, I think that's great advice and I think it's a good perspective to take on it. Now, Tony, one, one of the things like you, you talked about being really important is, you know, your mindset. Cause like you've got a lot of the physical stuff dialed in clearly and the mindset side, like, but you also talked about having that history of, of, of yo-yo dieting and, and being coming from that place. Like, what do you think this, the, what have you done this time around to prevent you from going back to that place? Like what is, what is keeping you moving forward and not falling back? 
I hold myself, I, I told myself at the beginning of this journey, which granted you can call it three years or four years, what have you. I kind of, I kind of really look at it as three years because, uh, I, I, I look at when I stopped drinking as the, the day that I really took this serious. I told myself, and that's when I started to go back to the gym. I told myself, you're going to take a picture of yourself every workout. At the end of every workout, you're going to document what you did. You are never going to forget. You are never going to go back. Um, and sometimes when you're sitting there and you go, okay, and, and I do it. I'll, I'll still have that piece of cake. Like I said, you can't just cut everything out of your life. It's not, it's not realistic. Um, there's times to dial it back and there's times that you can be a little bit more free with it. Um, but for me, um, I will literally open up my phone if I'm feeling, man, I just want to, I want to eat that entire pizza tonight, or I want to have, you know, six donuts right now or whatever. And I'll start scrolling. Um, I'll start looking at where I was and where I want, want it and where I am now and where I want to go. Um, I only compete with myself. I know a lot of people put, okay, I want to look like this guy or this girl or whatever. That, that's not me. I'm, I'm in competition with me and me only. So I remind myself on a daily basis, this is, this is the reason why you are where you are right now is because you are willing to say no to this lifestyle. So that's how I stay on the grind. That's how I stay motivated. For me, it was, it, it's got to be a visual thing. I've got to be able to see those changes and, and see the, the difference in where I was to where I am to keep me moving forward. I think that shows a lot of self-awareness to know that the visual component is what you need. And I think that's really important, like to know yourself and know what's going to keep you motivated because what motivates me might not be what motivates you or what motivates X person might not be what motivates the, the next person across the street. Like, so where looking at all you've been through, man, and, and kind of like where you've come to today, what, what are the biggest changes in your life? Like, what are the things, you know, outside of, of what you're eating and how you're working out? Like, what are, what are the big things that you're noticing as like those, those rippling after effects of the changes you've made? Well, the thing I'm most proud of is that the, the changes of who I am as a person. Um, we, we, so much of the time we look at the outward changes. It's the inward changes that help me achieve where I'm currently am on, on the outside. So I would say the things that I'm most proud of are the changes that I've made as a human being. Uh, I, I think I'm a better father. Um, I think I'm a better partner. Um, I, I think I am more caring and understanding person than I was before. I have, I have more empathy um, and more insight that I truly cherish each day. Um, Kind of my motto is, and, and I've, I've, I've stole this uh, from, from people, but it's the, kind of the motto, win today, um, because there is absolutely so much of the time we sit there and we worry about what happened yesterday, which we can't change anymore. We have no impact on what happened yesterday. Um, or we sit there and we, uh, you know, think about, oh my God, what, what could tomorrow hold where 
we don't even know. There's a lot of people that had plans for this morning. You and I are sitting here talking. We had plans to sit here and talk this morning and have this podcast. And there's a lot of people that had plans to do this morning that never woke up today. Um, and so I am more thankful and and joyful and happy for each day that I have been given the opportunity to be better than I was the day before. Um, so for me, you ask me what what are my pro- most proud of? I'm most proud of that I've I've learned to start enjoying life. I've learned to be a better person. I've learned to accept myself for who I am. Um, all the downfalls that I still do have and I will have until the day I die. I'm able to embrace them, uh, try to change the ones that are negative and, you know, amplify the positive ones. That's that's a great perspective, man. And I think it's one that a lot of people should should think about taking on so that they can start to realize, you know, focusing on on now and and enjoying what you're doing now and and allows you to change what you're doing now. Like giving giving quality and value to your life is something that really gives you more motivation than I think people think it's we devalue ourselves too often and that's why we don't take the care that's needed. So oh, absolutely yeah I'm sorry no, go ahead. Go right ahead. no no it, I was just gonna say you go ahead. Um my biggest thing is you know I sit there and I look at so many people and they go you know when's the time that we really talk about the value of life? It's usually at funerals or visitations when somebody's passed away. Why can't we why can't we have that that, that same value of life every day that we wake up. Because we may not know of somebody that passed today, but there are so many people that, that, that did, and we have been given another opportunity to make the most of today. So I know it's cliche. I know that it's been said by a million people, but really, just live today. Live today the best that you can possibly live, and then, God willing, you wake up tomorrow and you can do it all over again. I agree a hundred percent. I don't know if you've ever looked at, you know, done any reading in in the Stoic philosophy, but there's a phrase "memento mori," and that's remember that you could remember that you could die. And, and some people take that as, you know, live each day like a party, you know, like a, a big blowout. But like, really, what it means is live each day as if you would be happy with that being your last day. That's how, you know, how you want your life represented and how you want you to show your value and and what you gave to the world. And I I think that's an important thing that a lot of people don't really think about because it's easy to get swept up in other things and and let other, other patterns and behaviors push us through. Like, so for Tony, for you, for you, what do you think are the challenges that are ahead of you right now? Like, what are the next things that you're 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 attempting to 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 battle? Well, I, immediately, I, I was going. I, obviously, in one of the steps for me um, in order to get on stage and compete is I have been for for the weight loss I've had, which has been around two hundred pounds. I try to one of the things for me is I try to stay off the scale a little bit anymore. Um, for me, it's, it's because I'll, it messes with my head. <laughs> um, honestly, it really does. And there, there's a time and a place for the scale, I do believe. And especially when you're first getting started, it's a great positive reinforcement. But then when you hit those stall modes or you're letting the scale dictate your life where there's so many different factors, I, you know, I can be five pounds different in one day just based upon water. So, um, you know, I, I try to let that go. But for me, I've got, I've been very lucky with my skin. 
Um, and I think that that's also something that a lot of people are fearful of, you know, they sit there and oh God, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to have all this excess skin and everything else. But in order for me to get on the stage, I'm going to have to have the surgery, um, which is, which that's going to be probably my biggest challenge. Um, it's something that I was planning on having done. And then of course, and with COVID and everything else that we have going, going on, uh, you know, everything's been pushed back a little bit. So that's, that looks more like it's going to be the end of 2020 than it was going to be this summer. But that should be, I've probably got in the neighborhood of about 12 to 15 pounds worth of skin, um, that I'm going to have to get removed and then, uh, and then give myself eight to 10 weeks off, um, before I can start training again those eight to ten weeks will be the most challenging thing for me um and, and not from a physical standpoint from a mental standpoint because i have the the gym is is my addiction it is my job it is my stress relief it is where i can go and i can shut off my phone and i can shut off the world and i know every day i'm gonna go do this for two hours almost every day of the week. Um, six out of the seven days, I'm going to, I'm going to be there and I can count on it. Now I'm going to have to go for two to two and a half months and I'm going to have to figure out what I'm going to do with my brain, um, during those times of the day, um, and how I'm going to change and how I'm not going to fall back into the routine of negative coping mechanisms. Oh, I, I think, well, one, looking at what you've accomplished so far, you know, and your attitude towards it, I, I have no doubts that you're going to you'll be successful doing that, man. Like, it, it's good that even it, I think it's great that it, you're you're so far out from it and you're already kind of strategizing for yourself, like knowing that that's going to be a challenge. I think that shows a lot of, of strong awareness. Yeah, you know, and then for me, that's the biggest thing um, I, I find I we we go back to the you know what was your motivation what was everything i you know you have to look yourself in the mirror and you have to understand who you are you have to understand your weaknesses because your strengths are great they you can usually pat yourself on the back and say i'm good at this but in in, in order to be the best that you are and to minimize your negatives you have to be honest with yourself you have to be brutally honest with yourself and uh, that's something that nobody likes to do because nobody likes to think that we we have as many flaws as we really do. But we're human. I mean, that, that just comes with the territory. So being brutally honest with myself and saying that you, you do have addiction issues with your personality and you know that you're going to have this time on your hands and you know that you're not going to be able to take it out in the way that you've been doing for the last few years. So now what are you going to do to... to to fix that before you get yourself into a negative, uh, negative coping mechanism. And have you thought about what you might actually do yet? Or is that still something you're working out? I, you know, I'm work, I'm working out, uh, on some of those things. I'm, I'm going to, I think that, um, after the first couple of weeks, I, I luckily enough, um, I have a phenomenal support system. Um, and I've got, I've got, uh, a lot of people that that are in my corner to make sure that that I am successful um, and God bless them for that. And I think that um, once I'm capable of being up and walking and moving and all those things, I think I'm I'm still going to spend part of that time in the gym, even though I can't work out around the people that that are that are my support, um, you know, it tr try to keep as much um, 
normalcy that that I that I possibly can. And then the uh, the other part of it, I'll probably be in the office. Try to stay away from the house. Try to stay away from the refrigerator. Try to stay away from things that are too much your comfort zone as far as, you know, falling into the routine of, you know, when we're all at home or on the couch and we're watching TV, well, the refrigerator's right there. The pantry's right there. You know, it's real easy. So as long as I can keep myself moving, keep myself going and keep myself around the people um, that support me and want to see me uh, succeed, then, then I should be fine. I think you will be, man. And and I have a question, though, about a part of your physical transformation that I, I'm not sure you, you're ready to, to talk about. Um, one of the things that you've developed over the past couple of years is, is a pretty epic beard, man. <laughs> what will happen to the beard when you get on stage? Are you going to have to cut it? Like, have you thought about that? Like, if... You know what? It's uh, you should. Um, they they do. I'm not yeah. going to. Um, it's yeah. They, this is all that I can grow hair anymore is on my face. It's not coming in on my head. It, now, out my eyebrows and my ears, they I'll get some right. too. But yeah, oh, I, I yeah, no. you on that. <laughs> yeah, the be- the beard's going no place. I'm afraid after all these years of what's underneath there anymore. Right. Okay. Yeah. Understood. Understood. I, and I, obviously, I'm just kidding, but I had to. I had to bring it up. I had to bring it up because, oh. like, I, I think I think when people look at your transformation pictures, at first it's like, "Damn, there's muscles there now," and then it's like, "Wait a minute, there is it the beard driving the muscles? Like, really? Like, which came first? It's like a chicken or egg question for you, man. It's, it's pretty epic. Yeah. So, I'm Tony, so, I'm I, so scared to touch it. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> so. So Tony, I've really appreciated you, you you taking us through your journey today. Like, and I know you you had this strong willingness to share your story that I, I also really appreciate. So I want to know is there is there anything about your journey or that you wanted the audience to know about that we haven't gotten to talk about yet today? You know, I really can't think of anything. I would just I would just um, really stress upon people. You know, that whatever you're doing. Whatever change it is that you want to make, um, do it for you. Uh, don't don't sit here and say, "Yeah, granted, my my children are benefiting from the fact that I'm healthier." Um, you know, the people that I care about in my life are benefiting from the fact that I'm healthier, and all this kind of stuff. There, the people that I'm around um, are benefiting from the fact that I'm healthier inside and out. But that's not it. It's time to be selfish. There, there is a time to stop. You, you're going to give to people by being selfish this time around. Be selfish. Treat this as though it's for you and you only. Because if you continue to let it go, you're not going to be there for them in the long run. And even if you're there, you're not going to be there on a healthy level mentally and physically to be able to fully enjoy your life and the people around you. So I, I, I stress to people, it's time to be selfish. It's time to do things for you. And in the end, everybody around you will benefit from a better you. But take that to heart and then just go do it. Do the work. There you go, man. I love it. Uh, Tony, one of the things I end every episode with is five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for those questions? Let's go. Okay, here we go. So question number one, man. 
Living or dead, tell us who is your favorite fat guy. Living or dead. Probably John Candy. I like it. He's my he's my answer. So I always appreciate when someone someone gives him really. Yeah. That? Oh yeah. Yeah. I. I well, especially because I mean, not I'm not saying we're the older guys, but <laughs> a lot of a lot of the younger guys I have on the show go right to Chris Farley or to a, yes. another younger comedian or something, and I'm like, we would have no Chris Farley if John Candy didn't exist. Like he, me, you know, he did it. He had a zest for life. That's what I love. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm sure you've seen Uncle Buck. Of course. I mean, I I remember as a kid seeing that that seat, the pancake scene, and wanting that <laughs> pancake, and being like that that what that one day will be the pancake I make. So like, yeah, no, he's he, he definitely. It you know, obviously, he's another one of those people that was taken from us too soon because of you know a lot of these issues. So, but yeah, no, he definitely uh, is is one that stands out. So I appreciate that. Question number two, Tony, what is one lesson that being a big guy, being so overweight has taught you? Um, probably more empathetic for people. Um, I know what it's like to uh, have to purchase two seats on an airplane or, you know, not be able to put on a seatbelt um all those things it's created more empathy for me is for people of all sizes uh races shapes everything just to be a better human being it's i'm i'm much more empathetic than uh than i think i ever was there we go question number three tony what's one piece of advice that you would give to your past self probably the biggest piece of advice would be be honest with yourself be honest with yourself um, because the quicker that you're honest with yourself and can understand who you are as a person, um, the more you can go after whatever you're passionate about. There you go, man. I really like that. So, Tony, question number four. Tell us one thing about yourself that you love. Hmm. Outside of the beard? Um, <laughs> uh, well, yeah. yeah. Come on. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I love is is the person that I've uh, become. Uh, probably being a better father. Um, being that that is the most important thing that's ever happened in my life is my two kids. Um, so being able to be a better father that that's what one the, probably the number one thing I love about myself. I love that man. And question number five. Last question of the Fat Guy Five. Tony, tell us, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Uh, it would be business. Um, I want to uh, – the w one goal that I have is I've got a good business, but uh, I want to expand it. Um, so it's uh, – you know, it's not, it's not all play. Um, there is work, there is work involved in my life a little bit here and there. So, um, I'm a small business owner and this is a time to, uh, to thrive or die, uh, for a lot of us. And it's time to take the most of our opportunity and see, uh, see what we can do and really push us. And so I'm going to try to definitely, uh, gr grow our business. I like it, man. And I, I have no doubts that you'll, you'll be able to, to take that same energy that you, you use every day in your routine and, and, and see that business grow. That sounds awesome, man. 
So, Tony, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show today. Tell people how they can connect with you if they want to track you down. Um, well, you can you can find me on uh, on Instagram. Uh, just uh, look up uh, Tony Sanders. Um, it's I believe uh, T Sanders seventy uh, six on Instagram, if I'm not mistaken. If not, they can always find me through yours. Um, you can also connect on uh, with me. I have a page on Facebook that uh, is Tony Sanders Transformation. Um, that uh, is just an open group to anybody that wants to get in there and share their journey. That's basically what it's for. It's I share mine. I would love people to share their journey and their feedback and their success stories. It's just kind of a community that we all get an opportunity to uh, to be in this journey together. Well, that sounds fantastic, man. And I'll make sure to put links to all of those places in our show notes today. Tony, thanks so much for, for connecting with me early. And, you know, I'm glad we finally got this chance to talk, man. I really appreciate it. No, I thank you. And uh, I love what you're doing. And thank you for all the people that you're helping. Well, thanks, man. I definitely appreciate that. And everyone out there listening, after you go check out all of Tony's pages, don't forget you can connect with me on Instagram as well at gourmet underscore goes underscore keto. You can find me on Twitter at gourmet goes keto, and you can email the show at the fat guy forum at gmail.com. Also, by the time this show is out, um, it'll be public that I am actually going to be uh, starting working with um, my friend and mentor, I would say, uh, the Keto Road uh, in a coaching program, you know, one on one coaching. So if you're interested in with connecting with me, and, and my coaching, you can check that out at theketoroad.com. So have a great day, everybody. We will get to you all real soon again on the Fat Guy Forum.